What's going on, guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. So I'm with an old client and a friend of mine, Aaron Myers. Uh, he's got such a... I want to say unique, but not unique to how things are or to humanity, but just quite unique in terms of how I would have viewed a story. But it's really interesting after being in this sort of field for a longer period of time now, I'm seeing how common... Uh, the things that he's faced and the things that he's overcome uh, and, to, and become the man that he is now uh, in the way he's worked in himself is actually quite a widespread thing and that's why I'm so excited to actually jump on this with him. Uh, I mean, Aaron's done some insanely incredible work. I don't know how else to really uh, describe what he's done. He's, he's done some incredible stuff. I mean, some of the messages that he's been sending me in terms of how he's really faced uh, panic attacks or situations completely differently to how he would have reacted previously. He's responding in a whole different nature. So I'm really excited to introduce Aaron and um, to really bring him onto this podcast. And yeah, please stay tuned if this is something that, I've, as I've already mentioned, uh, in terms of facing panic attacks or facing anxiety, uh, if this sounds like you, I highly recommend to tune into what Aaron has to say in terms of what has really helped him. Uh, not just over our course of coaching, but also from then on out or also before that. So, anyway, without further ado, Aaron, bro, let me uh, introduce you, okay? Uh, or rather, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself. It'll be easier. Uh, so, just start with what you do, uh, where you live, and sort of what's going on in your life right now. Okay, everyone. So, my name's Aaron. Um, I'm from the UK. live in the northeast of the UK. Um, I work in customer service for a big chemical company. Um, yeah, and I'm really into fitness. Um, I'm actually training um, part-time to be a personal trainer as well at the moment. So a bit of a journey on that front as well. But um, yeah, not much else to say, I think. Really. <laughs> nah, that's all right, man. I know you're doing, um, you're doing CrossFit for a bit, weren't you? Uh, yeah, that's probably um, one of my big fashions, actually, CrossFit t-shirt yeah. at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's cool, man. And um, you're really trained up for... Uh, there was, was it a CrossFit Games or was it a competition? What were you training up for? Um, so, yeah, it's like the Open. So it's a big um, global competition that happens um, once a year for five weeks where they kind of release a workout once a week and you've got a few days to yeah, submit a score. That's pressure. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, I've been in quite a fitness journey. Mm. Yeah, so um, when was that? That was quite recently, was it? Last couple of months? Yeah, so it started in kind of like beginning of October, runs through till um, oh, middle okay. of November. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, what I really want to dive into is sort of getting an understanding of how you grew up so we can um, start to lead into how you were before we really started to create a big focus <laughs> on anxiety. I know I was really impressed with how authentic <laughs> you were about it before we even started. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that and what you feel like was really the major roots of where your anxiousness came from uh, and then we'll sort of dive into what really worked for that so mm -hmm. let's just start before we get into little Aaron that's the way I like to describe <laughs> it um, I want to get into what were the, your biggest anxious struggles do you feel I think um, to me there's a really clear answer which I've, I've not necessarily thought about until um, relatively recently but it's I've kind of come to terms now with the fact that that's probably where all of this began and when I started to build um, anxious habits, and that was in secondary school, um, when I was kind of um, 
dealing with the issue of uh, realizing that I was gay and I hadn't um, come out at that time. So there was a lot of anxiety around that point of kind of, um, you know, what if the kids at school find out that I'm gay or, um, you know, I, you know, there's too much kind of what if going on. So every day, you know, you wake up, what, what if this happens? What if that person finds out? Then the whole school will find, then this will happen, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. And I think obviously spending a few years in that kind of mindset in secondary school just meant that, um, yeah, you kind of, I was forming those habits probably, you know, during my kind of puberty years, which is, you know, the time when you really develop any personality um, further anyway. And I think that was kind of where I kind of really started um, with those anxious habits. Um, which I've kind of then carried through. Yeah, cool. And then uh, fast forward to, I guess, more modern times mm-hmm. in terms of, I mean, closer to the point where we started to really focus on the coaching. Um, where do you feel like anxiety would pop up in your life the most? Um, so I think uh, the, when I first got in contact with you, it was at a really difficult point. So I've been um, helping a friend um, go through a really, really tough time in her life. Um, without going into too much detail because it's not my story to tell, but um, they, um, she actually lost her partner um, mm-hmm. to cancer during this time. So I was kind mm-hmm. of supporting this um, friend of mine through that. Um, and I think I kind of, I gave everything to that situation so that um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't before, like practicing any self-care whatsoever. And I think what mm-hmm. that meant is that over time, as I got more tired and um, I was tapping work and, and other kind of social struggles or, or whatever else, the anxiety was kind of creeping in stronger and stronger and stronger because I wasn't doing anything about it. Um, and so when all that situation came to an end, I'd kind of suddenly kind of, I kind of, I, one of the analogies I use is that I was kind of, you know, you're driving a bus with passengers who are talking to you all the time and you can't um, deal with them because you're too busy distracted somewhere else. That when you come back to driving your own bus again, you realize, oh, it's um, it's a bit of a mess over here. You know, there's cobwebs everywhere. It's been driving through the mud. And I think that's when I kind of really hit rock bottom as far as anxiety was concerned. And it was a real presence in my life at that point. Yeah, totally, man. Um, and mm. I like to describe anxiety like this. It's like driving a car with a dirty windscreen. Yeah. Of course, anxiety is natural. You don't know what you're going to hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're going to hit a freaking dog and mm-hmm. another human being, you know, <laughs> um, run into a few houses. You mm-hmm. know, you're going to hit into everything. It's going to be a mess. But the moment you clear the windscreen, there's clarity, uh, there's understanding, there's a, there's, a, there's a clear vision of where you're going. And anxiety is a little bit less natural. You feel more in control, mm-hmm. uh, no longer in that uncontrollable state. So that's definitely something that, you've been able to execute on which is incredible Mm -hmm. so i want to sort of go into where in your life because obviously you're in that certain state Mm -hmm. and state does uh create these derived ideas thoughts Mm -hmm. uh patterns um when when we're in an initial state right and i know you've definitely really seen how you've you know gone and embodied based on your states Mm -hmm. so where would these dirty windscreens pop up in your life? Obviously, since you're in the state, there'll be certain maybe areas where there'll be a trigger. What were those triggers for you? I think for me, it was if I was feeling under pressure in terms of what I was, what was happening in my life. So that could be pressure at work. Mm. It could be pressure in a social situation. If, um, for example, at university, if I had exams coming up and that kind of thing. So whenever I felt that I was under kind of pressure to perform, then the anxiety would creep up and up and up. Um, and mm. I think those were the times it would spike most if you're tired and kind of distracted with other things because I think that's when you stop practicing self-care. Yeah, huge. 
Huge. And do you mind describing what that anxiety was like for you? Um, at the, the worst times for me, it kind of, it would always manifest in a kind of social anxiety way. So I would manage to convince myself that, um, I was a burden to my friends and I would kind of, I'd literally sit there all, mm. all evening kind of cycling over every conversation I'd had that day, every message I'd had that day. Why did you make that joke? You've actually annoyed that person rather than making them laugh. And, oh, you know, people only spend time with you because like they feel sorry for you. And, oh, you really need to change this. And, you know, it, you, I would just cycle oh, yeah. and cycle and cycle. Um, yeah. And at its worst, it would actually lead um, to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not kind of afraid to share this, but it would, on at the worst times it would lead to me kind of scratching my arms it would lead to self-harm because i couldn't see a way out of that cycle and it, i'd end up kind of um yeah harming myself to try and kind of alleviate some of it which of course doesn't work because it just gives you something else to be anxious about but um what if someone sees what i've done to myself and then you know there's a whole kind of cycle after that as well but um yeah it can really take me to a dark place at that point massively yeah yeah, it's that um, endless cycle. It's like quicksand, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the more we struggle, the more we sink. <laughs> uh, but at the moment we relax, we, we might see a wooden board on our side. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, sweet, safety. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. But it's only because I stopped struggling, you know what I mean? And I was able to look around. Yeah, um, Yeah, it's, it's totally true, bro. It's scary uh, falling into that. Uh, that's that endless cycle, mm -hmm. uh, that endless abyss. It's like falling into that black hole where it just keeps sucking you in every time. Yeah. Um, but I just want to acknowledge how uh, incredible you are for actually talking about that at all. Mm -hmm. So thank you. That's huge, dude. Um, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'd say this whether we're on a podcast or not, man, but yeah. it's incredible that uh, you're able to speak up about that mm -hmm. stuff. And I really appreciate that, the honesty mm -hmm. and yeah, the courage to be honest in that way. So yeah. thank you. I think, um, um, and I just want to really affirm, sorry, yeah. one thing um, is, yeah, if anyone listening is uh, vulnerability is strength. Uh, I mean, this man right here that I'm talking to, he's, he was even showing a lot of vulnerability before he started coaching at all. Um, so I really want to acknowledge that. And if you do feel like you're in a dark place, don't ever be afraid to message myself or Aaron. Um, if you do relate to Aaron's mm -hmm. story, I mean, feel free please. um like i know i'm just saying this on your behalf absolutely <laughs> Sorry. absolutely but i know i know that um yeah, he's a really supportive guy and there's he even changed someone's life um mm -hmm. which is um i remember a message that you showed mm -hmm. me uh when you're interacting with someone we'll get onto that story at some stage but uh, yeah just please recognize that if you are struggling vulnerability and authenticity is strength it takes a lot of courage to stand up and talk about how you feel and expose um, yeah, what's deep down. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid of that. Mm. I think one of the cool. one of the biggest things I've learned, and in, in particularly with the that social sense, because I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with. But when I'd convinced myself that my friends, um, you know, didn't want to be around me or that they were worried, the the kind of hardest thing to do at that point is reach out to them because you think you're just going to be even more annoying. You're 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 kind of making that problem worse. Um, and mm. inevitably there has literally never been a case where when I've actually reached out, that's been the case. They've always been incredibly supportive. They've actually recognized, um, and reassured me and things. So as, as hard as it is in those situations, you have to reach out. Massively, man, hugely. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's sort of where this concept of cognitive behavior therapy, mm -hmm. um, I've never really used that term with you, but you might know what it is. CBT. I've actually done a course of it. Yeah. Oh, 
perfect cool mm-hmm. um yeah that's where that sort of ties in that makes a lot of sense um in terms of you know how we might challenge our thoughts uh when it comes to that obviously you know when, when you would mm-hmm. challenge that thought you obviously saw clearly that the result was oh actually i'm kind of proving my thought wrong here because mm-hmm. i don't have any proof that it's true <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? um, so it's it's valid but of course state is going to um really take over in terms of where our thoughts will go i mean uh i mean how often I know, I, like, I know you've experienced this I definitely have man is like how often have I woken up in the morning felt like there's 10 elephants on my chest and I'm trying to solve the universe's problems yeah. right uh, it's because I've been in a still state for a long time um, in a state where uh, cortisol is going to be naturally high when I wake up um, especially because I'm going from a rested to an awake state mm-hmm. or if I sit for a long long hours slouched over my computer doing work naturally I'm going to be in a very uh, high cortisol state stress state not a very arrested state constantly reactive so naturally I'm going to be very stressed uh, and st- stressful thoughts are natural if I'm in a state of stress but if I can change my state mm-hmm. go for a workout get moving do some yoga stretch a bit uh, go for a walk around the office uh, do 10 star jumps anything right uh, it's going to alter my state mm-hmm. my physiology and uh, I've mentioned this before that in 2007 uh, Harvard University did a study and they got people to hold a Superman pose for two minutes, right? <laughs> Testosterone went up 33%, cortisol went down, uh, 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 serotonin went up, just all, all these amazing radical changes just in two minutes. Mm-hmm. So uh, changing the physiology helps change the psychology. All of a sudden, different state means uh, different thoughts, right? Like, I mean, how often have you uh, succeeded at something, had a massive win, overcome that anxiety or whatever it is? Like, in that state, all of a sudden, all the good thoughts come all of a sudden don't know where they were before but here they are <laughs> you know what I mean um, yeah st- state's definitely going to um, allow us to focus on different thoughts so cognitive behavior therapy has its place it's important mm-hmm. but it, yeah, the, the embodiment of the emotion that's um, that's surrounding those thoughts or the embodiment of the emotion that allows us to be in a state where those thoughts come up is just as vital and should not be ignored um, and that's definitely what we did a lot of work mm-hmm. around. Um, so I want to actually go into a little bit in terms of the work that you were doing over that period of time. And because I know when it comes to the judgment of conversations, that was definitely like you over, you're like you would overanalyze conversations yeah. that you had. I remember you saying that before you even started. And um, that sense of anxiousness, uh, was that tied with maybe feelings of unworthiness? feelings of loneliness other feelings like that absolutely i think uh, loneliness was a, a big part of it um feeling isolated there's a lot of yeah. um, change going on in my um you know i moved house and things around at the same time as well so you're kind of changing um social groups and kind of wondering whether you've made the right decisions and things and um yeah it can be um quite an isolating experience of kind of getting used to a new area and that kind of thing as well so yeah, I think loneliness would be probably totally. the key there. Mm, so loneliness and anxiousness, mm-hmm. um, is, that's such a dangerous mix, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've definitely, yeah, as well, had you know, a fair share of loneliness, depression, anxiety. Uh, and when any of those got mixed, it was, uh, it was pretty brutal. Eh? It was like um, not just being hit in the face, but also getting my own fist and, yeah. <laughs> and hitting my own self in the face as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely did, did a lot of damage there. But I know that you've massively improved on that. Definitely. You have massively improved on that just 
based off the things that you've been telling me, man. It, ma- it makes me very proud um, of the work that you've done on you. Uh, and I also want when people listen, I if you learn something in a book, if you uh, learn something from a coach, if you hear something from a friend, if you learn a different technique and you apply it, it was it's always remembering that you applied that or you utilize that perspective or uh, you decided to act on that tool, whatever it was. Uh, and it was, that was really your efforts. And even though, you know, there was that little nudge or there was that little, um, little grab of the arm and pull to the side so you can take a different path. It was still you that decided to take the steps. It was still you that, that decided to, um, you know, put on the, put on the bike suit and the helmet and, and jump on the bike and get going. Uh, you did the efforts, uh, and you really did do the efforts, mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to talk about where the efforts created the greatest fruits within you becoming a lot more peaceful with your anxiety. Uh, what were some maybe key tools over this course where you were able to take something like that anxiousness mm-hmm. and minimize it in your life? Um, so I think there were a couple of the, the two kind of main things that are jumping out at me right now would be um, one of them was the um, task to dance every morning um, yeah. before we woke up. Um, <laughs> that was um, such a powerful thing to do because I think before I'd already started using the kind of get up, get in the shower, kind of, you know, um, get jumped straight out of bed. Don't kind of sit there. Don't let things mull over. And the dancing just takes that to a whole new level because it makes you kind of excited cool. to get out of bed. You've got that that movement i think it even resulted me in me posting a, a crazy video to a facebook group about i know <laughs> uh, one I day know. um but yeah it was such a powerful experience and they kind of i wanted to share that feeling as much as i could with other people because it was so refreshing to to kind of jump out of bed and kick uh, kind of anxiety to the curb as the first thing you do in the day it, um, totally because i think one of the things that really stuck with me is that um you said that um when you're there and you're on your own in your room and you're dancing it's only you judging you you know you catch yourself in the yeah. mirror why do you why do you stop and it's it was mm. so true man you know if you're if you're having a good time there's literally only you there why would you judge yourself and stop it it's such a, a crazy <laughs> thought and it so is, kind of look in the mirror smile at yourself and and carry on it was really powerful amazing cool and um that I know was a big one for me, man. It was actually implying movement, whether it was yeah. through, you know, doing 20 star jumps or dancing <laughs> like an idiot in my own room. Uh, it is a crazy, that constant judgment of self. And that's not just going to bring about this sense of uh, like accomplishment or change of state that will come with the movement, but it's also going to bring about a greater sense of self-acceptance. And that's really what the root of everything that we we're trying to work on was, right? It was just yeah. total radical acceptance of self, no matter what state mm-hmm. we're in. Uh, at the end of the day, that's never going to be something that I know that I myself will fully accomplish. Um, and like, I know you, you know the same, but it, it's that work on that, that is mm-hmm. the beauty of it. And the fact that you get to, you know, dance and uh, work on that insecurity around that. And then you get to, you know, face certain challenges and overcome them and accomplish them. And I know we're mm-hmm. going to talk about a panic attack that you overcame, um, which was incredible, but it was that accomplishment from you mm-hmm. overcoming that, yeah. that made you feel so good. Uh, I mean, if these things didn't happen, if we never really faced challenges and we, have, and we never overcame anything, how boring would life be? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We'd have nothing to accomplish. We'd have nothing to yeah. work on. Uh, you know, be the, there'll be no movement, no journey. Uh, you know, otherwise, how, why would a movie be so interesting? You know, if there's exactly, no yeah. freaking journey or challenge. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm 
I'm really cool. I'm really glad that that was a big one for you. What was yeah. another one? You said there was a couple. Yeah, the thing, and this is probably the most important one for me that um, I kind of I, I think about all the time still. Um, and that was the idea of pain points being the opposite to an attachment. And so I think before mm. I'd always focused on the pain point, and it was kind of mm. a revelation for me to realize that that pain point is coming from an attachment to something else. So I think the example you gave was. Um, feeling lonely is potentially an attachment to the idea of needing company or attention or or a message or you know that those kind of attachments and then learning to let go of that attachment and that was the the, the really the biggest thing I think in nearly every message I um, sent after that it was how I'd implemented that um, going forward yeah. because it was such a huge thing to realize that's huge where it's coming from rather than just the pain point itself dude that's so huge i didn't even realize that that was a big one for you so i'm really glad um i'm really glad that was the case but bro so true man uh i mean attachment really is the root of those pains uh attachment does nothing but lead to suffering uh i mean you'll hear people say that but i beg to differ i think attachment actually brings about lessons and ways to learn and uh, opportunities for growth so attachment isn't all that bad but attachment is something that needs to be worked on if yeah. suffering wants to come to a cease um a hold or um completely um, dissipate altogether it needs to be worked on and uh, that's just what you've done mm -hmm. so i and because you've worked on it you're able to go about a specific experience when a panic attack arose in a completely different way from what you'd usually do mm -hmm. so i want to actually talk about that now uh how would you usually first of all um, go about your panic attacks what would happen previously and how would that feel after and then I want you to talk about the experience that you that you told me about in CrossFit yeah I think um, initially I would have just um, kind of tried to reject it um, tried to go no this isn't happening it's not happening um, which is probably the worst thing you can do because um, those those feelings are valid even if they're um, you know if you don't understand why they're coming, but you can't just um, ignore them and hope that they'll go away. And so I probably would have tried to do that in the past. It would have escalated and escalated and escalated until I'd experienced the full panic attack. Um, you know, the the heart palpitations, the tight breathing, the feeling like you can't get oxygen. Yeah. And I would kind of just ride it out and then afterwards um, kind of go, I just hope that doesn't happen again and not take any steps to try and help ensure that it didn't happen again um so kind of yeah okay i got through it let's pretend it didn't happen move on and again kind of rejecting it even after it had happened mm. okay and then um talk about that experience when you were at crossfit and you went outside then you overcame it yeah so i'd um i'd had a really bad um or what i thought was a really bad workout um i'd had um i've got really panicky and, and and distressed about what i thought was a bad performance and um i decided to remove myself from the situation altogether um and it was kind of uh storming out basically i was like no i'm not doing this this is uh, it's over i've had enough um, and i took myself outside and then I, I got in my car ready to drive away i was feeling panicky and um like nothing was ever going to go right again and you know all the kind of normal mm. feelings to associate with those moments but i then stopped for a minute um realized and kind of started to look over how far i'd come in terms of um, my journey with anxiety and my journey in fitness 
Um, and I realized this isn't who I am. I'm letting the anxiety take control of me rather than the other way around at this point. Um, cause I realized I'd walked out of the room. I hadn't even said bye to my friend. I'd, and I was like, that's not who I am. Um, you know, I don't do that to people. Mm. And I'm just sitting with the feelings, really feeling them rather than rejecting them. Kind of, and I, where is it coming from? Why do I feel like this? And not rejecting them. Um, and eventually mm. I turned the car off, got back out of the car and said, even if all you do now is walk back in there and say bye, you've, you've dictated that that's how this is going to end, not how... Um, I kind of wanted to react and I think that was it was so powerful Mm -hmm. to go no as hard as this is and maybe feel a bit embarrassed because I've just stormed out I'm going to force myself to go back in there because this is going to end on my terms now so you did that and how did you feel after um it was I can't even really describe it it was just such a powerful feeling because I realized just look what you've just done you know you have got into a situation where you've really intense emotions that you're trying to run away from and you've taken a little bit of time, you've sat with them, which again, it's the catchphrase that I think I'll never forget from um, the coaching is just actually sit with the emotions, feel them, don't reject them. And mm. it's such a powerful feeling to know, okay, no, I'm going to use them and decide what to do with them. I'm not going to um, just react as I kind of initially would have done and just run away and pretended it wasn't happening. Totally, man. And then been anxious about the fact that I'd done that. Yeah, <laughs> totally man um it's 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 that rejection of the emotion that's the judgment uh or the mm -hmm. rejection of the way Mm -hmm. things are that's the judgment and the judgment is like a wound getting infected i mean the wound can just be patched up you know ointment on it's going to heal on its own it's okay but if that gets infected it's going to spread to other areas um and it's going to stay infected until something's done about it uh the same thing happens Mm -hmm. with the judgment the judgment of the emotion or the judgment of the thought or the experience of oh, I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't feel this or mm-hmm. I shouldn't be thinking this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment that happens, it's infected. Uh, so the infection oftentimes is worse than the actual experience, isn't it? Um, yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, the way you saw that, okay, if I sat with the experience, I sat with the emotion, it's not so bad. It's not so scary. It's only bad or scary once I start to judge it. Uh, that's when the mm-hmm. problems really arise because that's, again, the infection and that's going to spread to not just... Uh, this one area but it's starting to spread to other areas of my life as well whether it's relationships uh, you know friendships work uh, self work mm-hmm. even just uh, when you're at the beach randomly for some reason I'm getting anxious and I don't know why maybe it's because there's mm-hmm. an affection there right um, that hasn't been worked on so yeah it's just amazing man so so amazing mm-hmm. um, and that was just courage and uh, you did mm-hmm. the exact right thing not just sit with it but also come to a um, compromise with self where you decided you know what even if I just walk in and say bye, that's all I need to do. Mm-hmm. It was a compromise there. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, you know what? I don't have to go in there and act all, um, you know, strong and tough and, you know, stay there for another 15 minutes for a conversation. I just need to walk in and say bye. Mm-hmm. That's what you did, man. It's mm-hmm. incredible. And that's triumph. Um, it's not setting these expectations of needing to grow oranges when I'm an apple tree. You know what I mean? Because um, yeah. it's not going to work. It doesn't matter how hard I try or squeeze my freaking roots or whatever you know no mm-hmm. orange is going to be produced but i can produce some damn good apples um mm-hmm. yeah so it's um it's cool man you produce some damn good apples yeah. bro so um i think i'm really, really um, proud yeah as well just rec- realizing that the emotions are a part of the human experience a part of who you are mm-hmm. but they don't have to define how you act you can sit with them listen to them and then still make a decision you don't have to let them govern what you actually do next 
totally totally man mm-hmm. they're like they're definitely a part of my experience but they're also not me mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. and you said it perfectly right you're right it doesn't define me um it doesn't define my worth what i produce what i you know what i do and how i act it's, it doesn't define my worth at all it's um something that um my coach once upon a time told me um was this and i loved it um because i use the analogy of the dog personally i'll usually be like okay cool well if you have a four-legged dog and a three-legged dog you're not going to love one more than the other uh, but there's also the analogy of this which is uh, i quite liked it if a mother gives birth to a child does a child or does a child not deserve unconditional love i'd say i'd say so personally right and then uh if that child then grows up, um, you know, is now a toddler, maybe pees in the corner of the house or, <laughs> you know, or makes a mess in the grocery store. Uh, is a child or is a child not deserving of that unconditional motherly love? Uh, yes, right. Mm-hmm. And now if that child grows up and um, maybe even, uh, you know, acts bad in school, uh, doesn't get very good marks, maybe gets fired from their job, maybe even acts um criminally um in terms of you know um you know, maybe uh steals something even uh even commits murder um it isn't a very extreme example ends up in prison uh but is that child or is that child not still deserving of that mother's unconditional love yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what, what that child does they're still deserving of that love it doesn't define the worth it's, it defines a perceived worth the way the mother yeah. might think of the child maybe not feel but think of the child the way the mob, um, everyone else might think of that particular person maybe scum unworthy not good enough but the actual uh, sense of worth isn't defined by that perception um, it's completely defined by us as a human being and we've got our own values and own um, ways of being and own uh, incredible parts that might need to still be <laughs> still um, have to uh, that still need their time to shine um, because no one's really tasted our apples yet, right? They've all been trying to mm-hmm. get oranges from our apple tree, which isn't going to do anything. <laughs> uh, so totally, man. Um, I want to ask you to share one more experience, man, because it blows me away how you had the um, uh, intuitiveness to go about the situation in this way. And uh, this is something that I, you don't have to show the full de- details if you want, Um but if you, if you feel okay with it, then please. Um, but I know you had an experience where um, someone was messaging you and mm-hmm. you really helped them change their way um, and change the way they thought about themselves as well. Do you mind sharing that experience? Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, it, was, it was a difficult um, situation. You know, basically, it was um, a guy that I was messaging from um, like a dating app mm. um, and we'd been chatting for a few um, days, couple of weeks maybe, um, and I started to get really excited, really attached to the idea of um, meeting this guy. I thought, oh, this guy's really seems really cool, really nice. Um, he's really attractive. It's all, oh, I'm really excited about the situation. Um, and so, a few weeks down the line, um, it, um, I find I've eventually found out um, that they'd been lying, and it wasn't actually. Um, who they were claiming to be. So um, I've been catfished, basically. Um, and immediately I reacted with really kind of visceral emotions. I was um, hugely embarrassed. I was really upset, um, angry. Mm. Um, and lots of really powerful emotions took over. Um, and 
I was so ready to kind of attack um, this person and uh, you know, kind of how, how could you possibly do that to someone? Um, but again, what I did instead was um, I took a moment and I sat with those emotions and I realized that the embarrassment was invalid. I hadn't done anything wrong. So I kind of, and I know what I'm actually embarrassed about. Okay, I'm embarrassed because I've been misled, but that's not on me. So why am I feeling embarrassed about that? And I kind of mm. managed to lessen the embarrassment. And then yes. the key one was that I was feeling really um, almost a loss because, um, you know, I, I thought I was going to go and meet this person. And then I realized that I was attached to the idea of a person who didn't even exist. Mm. So I could, I eventually and it was probably one of the hardest decisions i've, I've taken and, and and it kind of showed me how far i've come is that i just let go of that because what's the point in mourning the loss of someone who was never there yeah um, and that led me to then see things a bit more clearly i was a bit more rational and thought why uh, instead of saying you know how can you possibly do this and they're kind of attacking i, I chose to say why did you do that um, to this person and the person if it took a little while and a little bit of pulling but I gently managed to pull out of them that they were in a very difficult situation they um, in their own relationships um, and potentially in an abusive relationship um, mm. of their own and they were in a very dark place extremely dark in fact they um, actually spoke about suicide um, yeah. and I thought because I've now chosen to react with compassion and and not let my emotions govern this um, exchange, I'm now in a position to help this person. And yeah. I started to kind of help them talk through um, what it was that had led them to do that. And in fact, it was just, it, it was a cry for help, um, a misguided one perhaps, but, um, mm. you know, maybe they felt trapped and didn't know where else to seek help and they'd landed with me and how could I possibly with good conscience at that point, not help them. You know, I've been on my own journey. I know exactly how it feels to, to feel trapped, whether that's by your own emotions or your situation or whatever that is. And I thought I have to take this opportunity. Um, yeah. So to cut kind of a long story short, I messaged and, and guided this person through. Um, but whilst importantly, whilst also keeping my distance, so I wasn't kind of investing in the, um, mm. the exchange because I needed to... I needed to be careful and look after myself as well. You know, I couldn't yeah. make this my own issue, but just mm. kind of guided them, didn't make any decisions for them, let them come to That's their own impressive. decisions. Um, they since carried on messaging me. Um, and it turns out they're back into fitness. They've lost um, quite a lot of weight. They're yes, out of the abusive relationship. Um, and yeah, their life is totally, totally turned around. And I just, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's powerful to know that, you know, I mean, obviously I can't possibly know what could have happened, but if I hadn't taken that time on that day, you know, there, there's a chance, I don't know how great the chance, but there's a chance that that could have gone a very, very different way. Um, totally, man. Yeah. It's, That's it's man, uh, that makes me so, so freaking proud and stoked, bro. Um, not just a coach, man, as a friend, seriously, uh, real, real stoked about that dude. So, um yeah thank you thank you for sharing that man and thank you for sharing what you've shared on this um on this interview man it's it's mm -hmm. been 
um, blessing, and I can't believe it's already been <laughs> forty minutes. Um, uh, that that went so much quicker than I thought. <laughs> but man, like, um, it's just incredible how many. Like, I know there's even a few more stories that you've shared with me, and mm-hmm. um, it's just incredible the things that you're that you're not just doing for yourself but for others and to such a beautiful way man and um how you're approaching uh these experiences now and um obviously these experiences will still come up every now and again mm-hmm. and that's that's okay um you've definitely learned not just how to be aware of it but how to catch it um and then how to alter that experience of course um i mean like like we were just talking before this call obviously mm-hmm. and um how you're able to yeah pick yourself up the way you do man it's just incredible so yeah really stoked about everything man um and once again thanks not just for you know jumping on with the coaching but also for this interview appreciate that no problem at um, all thank you mm-hmm. uh just two more questions the first one is mm-hmm. um uh where did you come across uh myself actually or like what inspired you to um to actually go for the coaching um, so it's a bit of a random way that I actually found my way to your Instagram page, but um, through a friend of yours um, that I'd followed um, through their acting, um, and then oh, I saw you okay. in a, I saw you in a, a picture because I basically I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. Um, it's one of my oh, kind of guilty pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> so hey. I found um, Jordy. I was following Jordy Webber, and then saw that you um, were friends with. I saw him. You were tagged in one of the pictures. Um, and kind of then checked out your profile, saw a few of the things that you're doing, thought this guy seems really cool. I like some of the ideas that he's putting out there, some of, and he seems like he's trying to make a difference. And then you had a story up one day, kind of saying, like, I think it was like, press the Kiwis if, if you feel like this, or if you would be interested in um, coaching. And I thought, you know, what have I got to lose at this point? You know, um, who knows where this might lead? Um, wow. And decided to reach out at that point so amazing man thank you um is there like a biggest takeaway for you when it when it came to the coaching oh there's so many but i think just um i think the the key word is awareness whether that's awareness about my own feelings awareness of how far i've come awareness of the impact you can have on other people um and awareness of being granddad proud of yourself yes (laughs) granddad proud yeah, that's something I like to use. Actually, I don't talk about it enough. Is uh, can you be proud of your um, you the same way as uh, your granddad might be proud of you? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, when you decide to first stand up in your two little legs, two little stubs uh, that we call legs, and uh, walk for the first time or whatever it might be, uh, can you be proud of yourself that way? And uh, I know Aaron's definitely done that. Uh, so it's, uh, it's it's awesome, brother. Uh, thanks once again, man. And last thing, um, where can they find you if they did want to reach out um so probably the easiest way would be through instagram um so my handle is uh ap myers 91 um but um Perfect. yeah and i'm more than happy for anyone to message me um and kind of talk to me about the experiences because um the more that we talk about this the easier we can fight the stigma straight up man i agree bro mm-hmm. um yeah i know it's a passion of not um not just mine but yours definitely massively and uh mm-hmm. I, yeah please guys if uh you are struggling or you do relate to Aaron's story in any, any way, please reach out to either of us and we're, we're definitely here to listen. Um, a thousand percent, you know, if you need an ear, um, don't be afraid to reach out. I'll leave that um, Instagram handle in the notes as well if you need to find it. But yeah, once again, mate, 
thanks for everything. Uh, you've been amazing, seriously. And uh, no, thank yeah. you. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, so, if you do like uh, this podcast and you feel it may be of interest to anyone else, or you do know someone that um, does struggle or has struggled uh, in a similar way to myself, Aaron, I highly recommend not just subscribing to this podcast. Of course, I recommend that, but um, <laughs> I do recommend passing this on to another individual who you think may um, benefit from these messages or um, the exposure of these struggles uh, because just that feeling of hearing someone else talk about a struggle similar to yours is just such a refreshing thing on its own. Uh, let alone any, uh, any tools or tips that might help um, one to overcome those experiences. So yeah, please pass this on, share it with your friends. Uh, the, the more we can reach these messages with, the better. Uh, we're just trying to end the stigma, bring about an ending, ending to this global suffering that's going on and uh, trying to bring a greater sense of peace because if there's a greater sense of peace, there's going to be a lot less uh, problems in the world, isn't there? So uh, yeah, please share it on, subscribe to Pocket Coach. Uh, find myself on Instagram, Coach Kezza, K-E-Z-Z-A, okay, um, a Kiwi, not an Australian, so Kezza sounds weird, uh, <laughs> it's not Kezza, uh, <laughs> other than that, much love guys, stay blessed, and uh, keep healing, okay, remember, I heal me. Right. Singing on-